that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of our spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I think I've turned it on, Ray. Have I turned it on? Great. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Um, yes, we're starting a new series, and it's, it is about hope, but it's, it's got two parts to it. It's kind of hope, the hope that we have as the people of God, but how we get to live in the light of that hope, how that changes the way that we live our lives, walk through our lives. What difference does it make, the hope that we have? Just before um, the service, my children came up to me and they were like, Dad, have you got a joke? Um, You need to start your talks with a joke to make it interesting for people. (laughs) I don't know though, you know, I don't like, I don't like taking other people's, you know, because they kept giving me all these ideas. I don't like taking other people's ideas. You know, I'm, I'm happy for people to dot the I's, but... When it comes to crossing the T's, that's where I draw the line. No? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'll keep working on the jokes. <laughs> but that's got nothing to do with hope. It was just... Um, or maybe you hope I get better at selling jokes. Maybe that's what you... Um, what is the hope that you and I have? What is the hope that you have? If you call yourself a follower of Jesus this morning, what is the hope that you have? What gives you hope? What is it about God that motivates you? Why do you come here to church? Why do you live your life as a Christian? What is it about God that motivates you to do that? What do you know about him that gives you hope? What we believe, what we believe about God, what we know about him, massively influences how we behave. What we know about him gives us confidence to live the lives that he's called us to. So the more we get to know him, the more we experience who God is, the more confidence we have in this gospel that we have, the the hope that we have within us, the more confidence we have to be able to see how it makes a difference in the world, to be able to talk to other people about it. It changes how we get to live as Christians. Now, hope is one of those words, isn't it? It's it's a word that can mean a lot of things to different people. Uh, For many people, it's it's often a kind of wishful thinking, isn't it? I, I hope that 
I don't know, I hope that it's going to snow this Christmas, you know, that kind of a, a, a phrase that's used. I hope I win the lottery. I, I hope that the, the exam paper contains the questions for which I've revised. You know, it's a, kind of, it's a kind of wishful thinking, isn't it? In an interview in 2001, Desmond Tutu, with regards to the, um, South Afri- the, the crisis that was in South Africa at the time, said, how do you remain optimistic? The interviewer asked Desmond Tutu, how do you remain optimistic in the light of all the problems in South Africa? And Tutu replied, I'm not an optimist, I have hope. I think that is far better. Christian hope has a basis and it emerges and flows from who, who we think God is. It flows from that. It has a basis and a foundation in who we think God is and, and how we think that he acts through what we read about him in the Bible, through what we experience about him, we get to know who he is and that gives us hope. That's what we want to explore over the next few weeks. What is this hope that you and I have and how, does it, how do we get to live in the context of that hope? In basic terms, for example, if I think that God is out to get me, that he's a vengeful God, as a lot of people in the past and unfortunately still today think that that's what God is like, like a kind of policeman in the sky. If I think that that's what God's like, that I'm going to have little hope. But if I think that God is a, a good God, if I learn that he's a good God, that he's merciful, that he loves me, that he wants the best for me, then I'm going to have hope that flows from that understanding of God, aren't I? That's going to change the way I think. That's going to change the way I have hope. And it will change the way I get to live if I'm able to live in the truth of that. I've mentioned this um, illustration before, um, so I apologize for it. This is the watch one, Dom, please. Um, when I was about 14 years old, um, at Christmas time, I was bought one of these beauties, um, a Seiko digital watch. It was um, it, kind of with the resurgence of the 80s at the moment. Everything 80s seems good at the moment. I, I imagine if I still had this, it'd probably be worth quite a lot of money. But um, I was bought this watch. Now, my parents, they, 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 I, I was at the age where they, they, I knew what I was going to get for Christmas. But obviously, they weren't going to give it to me before Christmas Day. So um, I had to wait t- till Christmas. But what my parents did was give me the instructions. Like, two weeks before Christmas Day. And I remember, I remember distinctly every night going to bed with these instructions and just reading these instructions and imagining what it was going to be like when one day I had this watch on my hand. And I learned how to operate this watch long before I ever had it on my wrist. I knew every little thing that it could do, every little function. Um, the sign, if you like, the instructions were the sign of the promise that one day I would actually have the watch. Now also, what was interesting as I reflected on this, so much of my hope, if you like, for, what, for get, that this one day I would have this watch, so much of my hope was, was grounded in what I understood about my parents. I, knew, I know my parents, I knew my parents. I know that they're kind to me. I know that their character is to follow through on the things they say they're going to do. So that what I knew about my parents gave me hope for that Christmas day that I would actually get the watch and they weren't just being mean and giving me some instructions 
and then on the Christmas Day saying, actually, that's all we got you. I know that's not what my parents would do. Knowing what my parents were like, knowing them gave me hope. The three virtues that are talked about in the Bible, faith, hope, and love, the three great virtues, they're integral to each other. We're not going to explore the other two too much, but it's interesting, I think, how faith and hope are linked. Faith is what we believe about God and trust about him. As I get to know him, I have faith that that is what he is like. As I trust that that's what is true about him, it feeds into the hope that I have, that he will act in that way, that he will behave in that way that I think is true about him. This gives us the foundation for our hopes. So there in that illustration, there's the best way I could think of it. It's not a linear thing. It's a circular thing, I think. Because as we, as we learn who God is, as we have faith in who he is, as we develop our understanding of him, as we get to know him, it gives us hope for what is possible. And then as that hope is realized, it gives us more faith for who God is. So it kind of goes round and round. And there's things that feed into that, I think, that help that to develop and grow that we'll talk about a little bit later. But Essentially, it's about getting to know God. And a question I'd like to ask us all is, do you pursue getting to know God, getting to know his heart? Because if you pursue to get to know him by reading his word, by spending time with people who know him, by remembering the things that he's done, by remembering the story of his work in your life, if you pursue that, make that a priority in life, then your faith will grow and your hope for what is possible will grow. You'll start to see things in a way that is different to the way the world sees things because you have a hope that comes from God and is founded and grounded in God. John Piper uh, says this, hope is not wishful thinking. It's not, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I hope it happens. That's absolutely not what is meant by Christian hope. Christian hope is when God has promised that something is going to happen and you put your trust in that promise. Christian hope is a confidence that something will come to pass because God has promised it will come to pass. It's grounded and rooted in who God is. My faith in my parents, if you like, gave me hope that soon I would have a watch. And on Christmas Day, that hope was realized which reinforced what I believed to be true about my parents. Even in the field of psychology today, the study of hope is a big deal. How we get it, how it affects our well-being in life, it's a big study because people have recognized that hope is important to us. It affects our ability to live life well. And the Bible tells us that as we find hope in God... As we put our hope in God, it enables us to live our lives differently, with a different perspective. If you think about um, the words in Isaiah 40, 31, often quoted um, words, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Do you want that? Are the people here this morning who go, I want my strength renewed? The Bible says hope in him. Get to know him. Hope in him. 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint, those who hope in the Lord. As his people, we need the hope that knowing him brings. Because it changes the way we see and understand the world and these lives that we live. If you just look at the next uh, slide, please, Dom. It's the big picture thing, isn't it? Hope isn't some superficial surface thing that says, become a Christian and then it's all okay. Life will be easy. We know, if you've walked with Jesus, you know that isn't the truth of what it means to walk with Jesus. But hope enables, enables us to see what we walk through differently. It enables us to walk through life with a deeper sense of it will be all right. It may not always be easy. It may sometimes be actually very, very hard. But we walk through life with Christian hope that says it will be all right. Because that's who God is. That's what he's like. He will fulfill the promises he makes. And we live in this tension now as Christians of the promises of the future when one day all will be redeemed. All will be reconciled back to him. All of his creation will be made new again. And at the moment that future reaches back into the present. Back from the future. It reaches back to the present and it informs us now. It doesn't change the fact that things are hard. But it helps us see a bigger picture rather than focusing in on the the things that are happening in our lives, whether good or bad. We see the bigger picture, the bigger landscape, if you like, of what God promises. Why have Christians over the years faithfully lived Christian lives? Even when they faced hardship, even when they faced persecution, Even when everyone else is saying, give it up, what are you doing this for? Why have Christians faithfully carried on living their lives, giving honor and glory to God in the way that they lived their lives? What was the hope that they had that enabled them to do this? It's the posture of Mary, isn't it? Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is told that soon God himself will will be born in the form of the baby that she carries. And then all the hardship and difficulties that that brings to a young girl, probably in her teenage years, an unmarried young girl in a Jewish culture, it wasn't easy for her. She had to travel an arduous journey in late pregnancy. Yet she has a hope that is not yet realized, but that nevertheless is very real and enables her to put her trust in God And that's that lovely verse in the Bible, isn't it, where it says, Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. How was she able to do that? Because, Because she knew who God was. Because she knew who God is. Jeremiah 29, 11, a very often quoted verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That verse is often quoted out of context. It's often, at its worst, it's quoted as a kind of quick bless me up thing. God's going to bring prosperity to you. There is often truth, truth in that, but we forget the context into which that verse was preached, was spoken. 
It was spoken to a people who were in exile, who'd had everything that, was, that gave them any security in life ripped from under their feet. And they were still in exile in Babylon. And into that place of what on earth is happening to our lives come the words, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. These people were going to carry on in exile. But they're pointed back to God and to his promises. To who he is. That one day he will bring all things to completion. To the covenant promise that they have that was made with Abraham. Remember that promise that was made with Abraham. I will bless you and all your descendants. And through you and your descendants, all nations will be blessed. They went back to what they knew about God. And that gave them the hope that enabled them to live through tough times. There is a future hope in God and in his promises. Hebrews 1.11 talks about Sarah and Abraham. Sarah, who was past childbearing age but who had hope in God enabling her to have children. And it says in that, passage, in that verse, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. What she knew about God, the faith she had in God, enabled her to have hope for what was possible. Romans 8, 24, from the passage that we read, for, th- for in this hope we are saved, we were saved, But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So I want to ask you, what is the hope in your hearts? And on what basis do you have that hope? What do you know about God that feeds the hope that you have? What do you experience about God? Do you remember the things he's done for you? Are you thankful for the things you've done for you? A thankful heart overflows with praise to God and and raises up that sense of faith and that sense of hope. Focusing on who he is, what he's done, enables us to have the hope in our lives that then enables us to live lives that are different. Here are some questions that I thought of that the answers to really matter because they reveal what I really think, what my answers to these questions are. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. Do I believe that? I read it all the time. I hear it preached. I see it on placards at sports events. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Do I believe that he, believe, that he loves the whole world, all of his creation? Did he really do something about my sin? Is that really true? Can I really be forgiven? Can you really be forgiven? More than that, can he turn those bits of my life that I'm ashamed of around? Can he turn me around? And can he make something beautiful come from my life? Is that true? Because if that's true, that's a real cause for hope. Do you believe that about God? What do you know about God that gives you hope? Do I believe that he's reconciling all things to himself, as it says in Colossians 1.20, that he's in the business of restoration, that the world will be made new? Do I believe that? Because in the world that I live, I don't always see that. 
But if I believe that's true about him, it gives me hope for what's possible. And it gives me renewed energy to live a life that makes a difference now. That, if you like, pulls the future hope of God into the present. That's what the people of God are called to be. To be people who pull the future, through whom God works, pull the future hope of God into the present. Does he really work for the good of those who love him? As it says in Romans 8.28, is that really true? Did he really conquer death? If he did, that changes everything, doesn't it? 1 Corinthians 15 says, If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. It's fairly blunt. Did he really conquer death? If there is resurrection, if we really are made for eternity, then that's a real basis for hope, isn't it? That's going to reach back from the future and change the way we live now, isn't it? Isn't that going to change the priorities we have? If we're people who are made for eternity, then what really matters is the treasure that we place in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Store up for yourself treasure in heaven, says Jesus. If that's true, we're made for eternity, it's going to change the way we live now and the hope that we have for what's possible. I think I'd just like to pause for a moment. I just want you to ask yourself the question, what is the hope that I have in God? And then be brave, and I want you to turn to the person next to you and just say to you, what for you at the moment is the thing about God the hope that you find in God that really you need at the moment. It may be one of the things I've mentioned. It may be something else. If you aren't a follower of Jesus here this morning, then you get to say to the person next to you, come on then, what is the hope that you have? What difference does it make to you? Please be brave and challenge them. Let's have two minutes. Talk to the person next to you. Tell them what is the hope that you have. What matters about the hope that you have in God. Be brave.
Okay. I wonder if the people you talked to had similar things to you. Um, it may be at different times of life. We, there's, there's different aspects of the hope, the faith, the things we know about God that we hold on to. I know that um, over the course of preaching, one thing I've realized is that um, my eyesight is getting worse. I'm having to take my glasses I feel really old because I'm having to take my glasses off to read what's here. And I've never had to do that before. That doesn't give me a lot of hope. <laughs> so over the next few weeks, this is what we're going to explore. What is the hope that we have and how does it make a difference in our life? How do we get to live life, if you like, in the light of the hope that we have because of what we know about God? We'll be looking at things like how we make decisions and how we, make, and how, how we have certain priorities in life in the light of the hope that we have. We'll be looking at how our hope of eternity, of life beyond death, changes how we live life now. As the Christian Aid slogan says, we believe in life before death. C.S. Lewis said, a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present were just those who thought most of the next. The Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. So how does our future hope pull back to the present and shape the way we live our lives now? We're going to look at how we understand grief and disappointment and pain. How does our hope work with those experiences? What difference does hope make? If we have a hope that God will reconcile all of creation, how does that change the way we live and look after his creation now? So I just want to finish by going back to um, that illustration that I had right at the beginning of faith and hope. One of the key ways we get to know God, if you remember this idea of the more we know about God, the more it raises our hope of, who, of what's possible, of what he does. One of the key ways we get to know God is by knowing his character, is by reading the, and knowing his character is by reading the Bible. So can I encourage us all to do that? I'm sure we do, but get into his word. See what his word says about him. Read the stories again of Jesus. Let that raise faith and hope. Spend time with others. These are all things that I think that inject, if you like, into this circle of faith and hope that grows. Spend time with people who know him and can tell us about him. Tell, ask people their stories. That's such a way of, of getting to know who God is, isn't it? When you see what God's done in people's lives and you hear the story, doesn't that, don't you go, wow, God's like that. I want to know him more. And that raises hope for what's possible in your life and maybe in people's lives that we prayed for when we prayed in the intercessions that we know need hope. Remember your story. One of the things that was said at um, the huddle that we had last week that I'm, I'm part of was someone said, the more you walk with God, the more you see what he does. That's true. There's a gift of walking with God over a long time because as you look back, you see what he's done. I, I think many of us here would say that hindsight, as you look back and see the landscape of how God's been working in your life, you learn what he, who he is. You see what he's done. 
and that raises hope for what he will continue to do in your life. And we find out about who he is by experiencing now, experiencing him now, his Holy Spirit working in us and through us now. By being open to what he wants to do, by stepping out, as it says in the Bible, and praying and, and, and expecting him to answer prayer. That's the God that we believe in. And as we, as we step out and as we seek to experience that, we hope that he will do that and he comes through and he answers prayer. And there are many testimonies in this church of where God has done that. But I want to finish with this. Hope can also be a gift to us. It can be something that we don't have to do anything for, but we just say to God, please give me your hope. Please fill me with the hope that you give, with an understanding of who you are and the love that you have, and fill me with your hope. That can be a real prayer. Colossians 1.27, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, to the people of God, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you the hope of glory Christ in you the hope of glory as we open ourselves up to him he promises to put his presence into us and that Christ in us is the hope of glory of all that God says will happen coming to be true for some of us today maybe all of us today We know that we need and we want this gift of hope. There might be a particular area of our life where we need to reconnect with who God is and the promises he makes. And we want that hope stirred up in us so that we're able and and enabled to live lives in the light of that hope and walk through life in the light of that hope. As I said before, it's not a flippant, everything is okay attitude because often it isn't. But it is a hope that he will be true to what he says and he will stay with us and he does love us and he does walk through the journey of life with us and that one day the future hope everything will be all right because he is lord he is sovereign he has redeemed us he has done something about death he loves his world he loves his creation he loves you and he loves me And he's in the business of redeeming us and making us in and his world into the fullness of what he originally created it to be. That's the truth about him. I'd love for us now, if the band could come up, I want to give the opportunity for people to respond to that and say, I want hope. Because there are things we can do and we can go away from this service and we can choose to do those. But there's also just a posture of I want that, God. Would you be the hope of glory in my life? For this bit of my life, I need your hope now. I need a glimpse of who you are and of the promises that you make. And if that's you, can we all stand now, please? Let's all stand. The band are going to lead us in a song. And can I encourage you to come forward into this place? Um, No one is going to ask you what you're coming forward for you're just coming forward to receive God's hope in your life what I will do once we've sung the song is I'll pray a blessing over as a prayer from scripture that is about God's hope in us so come forward whilst we sing this song
if you want to receive the gift of hope and the gift of faith in who God is.